I'm so excited to be here tonight. Um, while we were busy worshiping and also this morning, I kind of felt as if I wanted to say, we are going to speak about the word today and just say la 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 and then pray together. That's how excited I am to, to, to share with you tonight. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting word and something that absolutely changed my heart. But um, before we get into that, my name is Henny, for those of you who don't know. Hello? Hello. <laughs> when, we, when we did the school visits, um, we normally would say, say hello for me. And we would keep on going, going until they said hello for me. Hello wasn't good enough, so you had to say hello for me. So thank you for the hello Henny's tonight. It's really an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, let's pray. It's not the end of the sermon, don't worry. This is the beginning of the sermon. Lord, we thank you so much for being with us tonight um, in your glory. Lord, thank you for being here in your fullness, not holding anything back. Lord, as we take a moment to think about that, Lord, please will you open our eyes and open our ears and open our hearts, Lord, so we can clearly hear and see what it is that's on your heart tonight, Lord. Maybe just for a moment with your eyes closed, just let your lips move in prayer to God and just say, Lord, whatever my expectation is or whatever my idea is of tonight, Lord, I surrender to you and I open myself to you, Lord. Whatever it is that's on your heart, Lord, I open myself, I, I surrender. Let's just take a, a few moments with that. Lord, thank you that as hearts are opened, Lord, we, we welcome and invite you to be God. Be the loving Father you are. Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing Jesus to us, leading us, guiding us in all truth. Lord, we really surrender to you tonight. It's not just something we say, and it's not just a good idea, Lord. We, we really surrender to you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for being here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight's topic is blockages. Blockages. So quickly turn to the person next to you, behind you, in front of you, or whatever. Isolated. So get to someone quickly if you don't mind. And just say with them in your workspace in the past week, where have you encountered a blockage? And how did you know that there was a blockage? Okay. If there's any plumbers in the building, you are not allowed to use that example. So the simple definition of a blockage is um, an obstruction which makes movement or flow difficult or impossible. Quite a simplistic definition. I'm going to read it again. An obstruction which makes movement or flow difficult or impossible. So within a Christian context, it was so interesting to think when I started thinking about blockages, 
the one thing that stood out for me, and we're going to get to a few things that, um, that drives this, unfortunately, is the fact that we all experience blockages in relationships, in your prayer life, in your relationship with God. We all experience blockages. The, the sad reality of it is we kind of became accustomed to it. When you look at life, when you look at your marriage, when you look at your finances, or when you look at um, experiences you have all over, it's kind of easy to see when, when it is the way God intended it to be, and it's kind of easy to see when it's not. So normally when you see there's a blockage kind of in a pipe, you immediately go and you go fix it. But somehow between the enemy and a lack of knowledge and a lack of truth being spoken, not in this congregation, somewhere else. Um, we got used to blockages. So the one blockage I would like to discuss tonight, because I feel it, it has a major impact in life, is prayer. What kind of blockages do we experience in prayer? Why? And I want to quickly just set the table for the rest of the evening in, in how Jesus taught us to pray. Listen to this in Matthew 6, verse 9. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now for tonight, I just want to stop here quickly. Hallowed be your name, Father. Let your kingdom come on earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I can imagine that if that is the way Jesus taught people to pray, he kind of felt that it's possible. It would be a really weird thing to tell someone to pray in a certain way if it had no impact, right? To kind of defeat the purpose to say, when you pray, pray like this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, if we think about this concept, God's kingdom coming on earth, and we think about what we see on earth, there's a major disconnect. Right? There's a major disconnect between God's kingdom and the kingdom on earth at this stage, right? What my marriage looked like, my finances, and everything I see around me, there's a major disconnect. And the only thing I can imagine is that there is some kind of blockage there. Why? Because even when I go sit down to pray, I don't necessarily experience this drive to pray. When I want to pray, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. So this kind of led me, while we were, since we were busy with the Rooted um, series, the sermon series we did about prayer, you're welcome also to, to reference back to that. Since then, I've been praying, Lord, I understand prayer is necessary. I understand that you want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, but I'm not seeing it. What's wrong? And I started thinking about this concept of unanswered prayers. Why? Why 
if God wants to build his kingdom, and he wants to build his kingdom not only around me, he wants to build his kingdom in me and through me and also around me, what's wrong? What am I missing? And I started reading scripture and I came to a few very, very interesting scriptures that I want to share with you tonight. But firstly, I want you to accept the fact that we've all become used to what we've seen up to now on earth. Let's surrender that to God so we can change that tonight. Is that okay? As we go through these scriptures, I want you to pray with me. Lord, whatever ones of these are relevant in my life, Lord, please come show me. Why? Because if God wants to build his kingdom and he wants to build his kingdom in me and he wants to build his kingdom through me, it's something that he wants to do. It's not something that I have to enforce on him. It's something that he wants to do. So the moment I position myself aligned with what he's busy with, his spirit is going to flow and do the work he intended to do. Do you believe that there's certain things on earth that God wants more than me? Do you believe that God wants you to have a healthy, fulfilling marriage? More than you. Do you believe that God wants your finances to work more than you? Do you believe that God wants you to be in relevant, effective relationships more than you? Because if you don't believe that, then we'll have to stay, take a step back and say, we'll have to look at the character of God. But tonight, I want to discuss some very specific scriptures that's going to allow us to align with what God is busy with. He's busy building his church. He's busy equipping his body. He's busy purifying his body. He's busy revealing himself in us and through us. And our prayers needs to start aligning with that. Why? Because no major revelation of Jesus ever started without praying. None. In the history, most of written down um, revelations of Jesus, any form of crusade, any form of major breakthrough happened through prayer. And now I'm not speaking about intercessors that's paid to pray or, or know that they have a calling in prayer. I'm talking about born-again Christians praying, people asking God, please let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And whatever's in my life not aligning with what you are busy with, Lord, please change me. Not change those around me, change me. Why? Otherwise, like the rain that's busy falling outside, you will see the kingdom come, but not in you. And we've experienced that, right? Looked at people coming to the front saying, this is what I heard God say. And you might sit there and think, God will never talk to me like that. He probably never will if you pray that. Though. He will not do a major work through you if you do not allow him to align you with what he's busy doing. He is God. I want us to start with, um, with the first part 
of, of what we are going to look at, and, and that is the um, blockages in my life that can cause me not to align with what God is busy with. We find the first one in James 1, verse 6 to 8. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all these ways. Doubt. When I think about this as a, as a person that enjoys prayer, I sometimes find myself, when I go sit on a couch and, and I decided that I'm going to pray now or I lie in bed or whatever, and I close my eyes, I kind of, um, I'm reminded of Vian saying, if you don't understand baptism, you're just someone taking a swim, you know? So sometimes when I, when I pray and I sit down and I'm kind of in two minds, should I, shouldn't I, is God here, is he hearing me, you know, that doubt, it's, it's a very um, pacifying, complacent thought, something that really breaks down any part of you that wanted to pray at that stage. Doubt. Surrender that. Something we can just surrender to him. The second one I would like to touch on, and as we go through this, please remember, we are trusting God tonight to say, Lord, if it is true that you want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, it's something that you want to do, I believe that. What am I doing that's not aligning with you? So please keep in mind that as we go through this, open your hearts to be open to, yeah, Lord, this is, this is what I need to be transformed in. So you can let your kingdom come in my heart. The second one is sin. John 9 verse 31 says the following. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. So immediately we can think, okay, I'm, I do sin. I am definitely not perfect. And this is specifically not what the scripture is referring to. This scripture is referring to people that ma that's making a habit of sin. It would make sense that if you are busy making a habit of sin, that God will not answer your prayers. Why? Can you imagine what would happen if you, from a selfish or, or self-indulgent, sinful place, pray and God would answer? What would happen? Now, any one of us might feel that's all awesome, this, but would it still be awesome if the one next to you also pray that? And you are the one on the receiving end of that prayer. Can you imagine? So one who practices sin will not be able to pray from the same heart as what God is busy revealing. We cannot expect God to hear our prayers, answer our prayers, empower our prayers, and brings it, bring it to fulfillment if we are making a habit of sin. This, the third one, selfishness. James 4 verse 3, I, I touched on it quickly. It says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. If we think of doubt, sin, and selfishness, we kind of have to be honest with ourselves, and that is that we are not really praying to God as God. 
Let me just define this quickly. If we, if we pray to God from our own selfish ambitions, we are technically praying to ourselves. Because in that prayer, in that submitting to God, I'm not actually asking God to be God. I'm asking God to be the one that gives me whatever I want. And in that sense, God is not God. I am. These kind of prayers will not be answered for very obvious reasons, even within us. I used the example this morning of, of, um, of us asking our kids to, um, to be obedient, but, and, and in some, in some um, senses that would be awesome. But now I'm trying to imagine if they <clears throat> would ask me things, whatever they wanted to, and I had to say yes all the time, it would have, <laughs> it would have been a horrific scene, you know? There would be no teaching and no guidance and no health and no discipline or no what, whatever. So when we are praying in our minds to God, but in fact we are praying for ourselves, it's something that we need to be honest with ourselves with and say, Lord, in this prayer, I'm not making you God. I'm not worshiping you. I'm worshiping myself. I'm worshiping what I'm seeing on earth. And I'm repenting. Lord, I, I repent before you. The second part I want us to look at is um, possible blockages with regards to God. The first one I want to read is in John 15 verse 7. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Have you, have you experienced, this, experienced this in the past? Where you pray, for example, five or 10 or 15 minutes, but some part of the prayer feels as if it was almost like dust that was just thrown into wind. But some of the prayers, you just immediately felt this aligned with God. I just knew when I said it, this is his will. This will probably come to pass because he empowered this. I abided in him when I prayed that. Do it make sense when, when Jesus says, don't use many words, almost in a way, but when you pray, make it real. Make it the words that align with my heart, with what I'm busy with. And those prayers are heard and those prayers are empowered. And it's coming to life, bringing his kingdom on earth. The second word I want to look at is um, 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15. It says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him, praying with confidence. Now this, this kind of is the opposite of praying with doubt, right? This confidence saying, Lord, when I go sit down, I know I'm just not speaking with my eyes closed to someone I can't see. I'm busy speaking to you. And I believe that you are answering, you are listening, and you are spending whatever you are busy with at that time listening to me and answering me. 
being in unity with me. When we pray in times like those, we can pray with confidence because we know that something is going to happen. And he hears us. The third one I want to touch on with regards to God is Romans 8, verse 28. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. When I read this and, I've, and I saw, there's still a few scriptures to come, but I saw how very specific God is and he's kind of saying, even if you still battle, just ask me. I will help you in your weakness. I will teach you how to pray. I will even pray on your behalf from time to time. So there's technically no reason for us to sit down when we pray and think, Lord, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to stand up and go on with my day. I think it will be a beautiful prayer to say, Lord, I don't know what to pray. Please come show me what you are busy praying for. What are you busy praying for? Align my mind, align my prayers, align my thoughts with, with what you are busy praying for. It, it's scripture. It's not as if... We are kind of saying, Lord, please do this. And the Lord's like, okay, I was kind of busy with something else. I will leave that and then I'll come help you pray. And then I'll get back to that. He's busy praying the whole time with groanings too deep for words. So if you need help on how to pray, just ask him. Persistence, Luke 18, verse 7 to 8. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So this is the, um, the part where Jesus tells of the widow that, that just keeps on asking. And asking and asking and asking without ceasing until the point where she gets a response and she gets what she asked, what she asked for. So many a times when we pray, we kind of have this attitude of, Lord, you are in any way going to give it or not. I'm just going to say the sentence and I'm going to go. And what we don't realize in a lot of cases that reveals a lot about our heart. If we feel that we can go to God, say whatever we want and say whatever we feel or whatever, and then just stand up and go, it's kind of the same as when we are praying from a selfish point of view. Saying, Lord, like, like, we, would, like we would say to people we are getting um, annoyed with, we joked in the week about, Referring to, um, as, as in the previous email mentioned or whatever, you know, we get, we get annoyed quickly telling people, and it reveals a lot about our hearts. If we are persistent in prayer, one of two things is going to happen. Or God is going to answer us because he hears the prayer of our hearts, or he's going to change our hearts to pray better. To pray more aligned with what he's busy with. So we honestly have nothing to lose except 
when we stand up and leave before he were able to speak to us because technically he's revealing the, the posture and the nature of our hearts at those times. The third and last category I want to speak to us tonight about is about us. So when I'm referring to about us, I'm primarily referring to the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters, but obviously it goes further and you will see why. When we read Matthew 5, verse 23 to 24, we see, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and they remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come back and offer your gift. Very hard words to me. I don't know whether any one of you did this in the past, but normally when I sit down to pray and I'm earnestly seeking God for something specific, hopefully as we go through tonight, we will all be transformed to let that something specific be, let your kingdom come, Lord. And not, Lord, give me a bigger car or a bigger house or something simple like that in the light of his kingdom coming. But when I sit down and I pray with something I'm really serious about and this name comes up, then I have kind of, sure, I don't know if I can use this word. Maybe it's a bit, it's a bit harsh, but I was speaking to myself, not to you. So um, you can't take offense. But I kind of have the audacity to say to God, Lord, I will go speak to him after I've prayed. Right? When we go to God and God says, listen, go make this right. There's offense, something is wrong. I kind of have this false sense of spiritual belief that I'm busy with a bigger thing now. I'm busy with God now. And God says, no, you go reconcile. And then you come back. We cannot believe that God will hear our prayers if he says, do not cause a lack of unity, do not cause diversity, do not hold offense, do not keep offense. And even if you know of someone having something against you, do not leave it. Leave your gift. Be a minister of reconciliation. Let that be the posture of your heart. The second one, forgiveness. Matthew 6 verse 14 to 15 says, for if you forgive other their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive all others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It will be hard to read something into this <laughs> scripture which is saying something else than what it's busy saying. If we do not forgive, we reveal the nature and the posture of our hearts towards God. The third one, James 5, verse 15 to 16. Remember, we are talking about typical and potential blockages in prayer. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person 
has great power as it is working. Oftentimes when I spend time in prayer and, and I see that there's a blockage or something that's withholding a kind of peace or a breakthrough in me, I pray and, and ask and battle and read and see if I can find any sermon or any kind of guidance or whatever until in some point in time God says, go confess to someone and have someone pray for you. And we have to kind of be honest with each other. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a vulnerable place to be in, which obviously the, the pros and the cons, if you would do that, is far higher in the pros than what it is in the cons because you really honestly get free. The moment you start talking to people, you kind of create a culture and a habit of, speaking of, of people that's, that's honest and vulnerable with each other willing to share hardships and stuff they're going through. And before you know it, there's an there's a, a, a intensity of prayer happening because we are honest. The second thing that we have to realize is there would be no need for the body of Christ if we didn't need each other. So before we allow ourselves to sit stuck in prayer and in our quiet times and in our time of, of praying or fellowshipping or whatever, with God, I mean, and something is just not lifting. Please bear this in mind. If, if, if God wants you to speak to someone and he wants to build someone or he wants to build you through someone else, he will not answer you in your personal time of prayer because he wants to use you in someone and he wants to use them in your life. Let's confess our sins to one another. The last one I want us to quickly touch on is something that's very close to our hearts because if we neglect this, then a lot of things go wrong. I want, I want us to read this in 1 Peter 3 verse 5 to 7. It says, For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be ended. I mean, this is kind of straightforward, but what I read into this and what I see here is that when we um, react to God's order, he commands a blessing and he hears our prayers. He hears it in our households. He hears it in our families. He hears it in our children's lives so that our prayers may not be ended. We truly believe that God is busy building his church. God is busy purifying his body. He's busy revealing himself. And the one question that we need to ask ourselves is, is it a kingdom that's busy being around me? Or is it the kingdom that's busy being built in me?
as he's building his kingdom in me, am I allowing him to also build his kingdom through me? Influencing those around me? Or am I honestly tonight willing to say, Lord, as the rain falls outside, I'm willing to see and to hear your kingdom come around me and I will be satisfied with it. If you are not satisfied with that tonight, I want you to be honest, transparent with yourselves. I'm going to go through this again, and then we are going to pray. I once heard a worship leader say, it's, it's only in our culture where you can sing songs saying, I bow my knee, and no one bows their knee. <laughs> where we sing songs saying, Lord, I lift my hands, and no one lifts their hands. It would be weird tonight to say, Lord, we want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, as your body, as your church, as a congregation, but most importantly, as an individual, we believe that this, that this happens through prayer aligned with what you are busy with. We've seen some things that shows us, Lord, where we are not allowed, al aligned, and then we don't pray. <laughs> it would just not make sense. So I'm going to go through this again. And then I want us to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come in me. If you can identify with any one of these, I'm going to go through it again. Concerning me, doubt, sin, and selfishness. Concerning God, to abide in him, to pray with confidence, to allow him to assist me, to pray in me, to pray through me, to teach me how to pray. To be persistent towards him. Not saying a sentence and, you know, kind of feeling if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Then lastly, about us as a congregation, if any one of these is there, please be bold, be courageous. And do something about it. Reconciliation. Forgiveness. Confess towards someone. And as in marriage, allow him to teach you his order so that he can command a blessing. So that he can hear you. Let's close our eyes just where we are. I'm going to pray for us. And then after that, I want us to turn to each other. And I want us to pray. Lord, tonight, if we are used to praying or not used to praying, Lord, or if we have seen you working in our lives recently or not, Lord, tonight we are making a decision. Instead of focusing on what we see on earth, Lord. We are surrendering all of our structures that we've built, all of the frameworks that we are trying to uphold, and we are allowing your spirit to lift our eyes and to pray like you taught us, Jesus. Lord, let your kingdom come. Lord, let your kingdom come.
Let your kingdom come in our marriages, Lord. Let your kingdom come in our relationships, Lord. Let your kingdom come in our finances, Lord. Let your kingdom come in our workplaces, Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you tonight that if there's anything in us that's stopping you from working in us and through us, building your kingdom, we pray for courage and boldness in this moment to say, Lord, I'm bringing this and I'm laying it down before you. Just where you are. If you need to move, if you are too close to someone, take the opportunity. But let's turn to each other and let's pray together. As the Spirit leads you, I will end off for us in prayer in a few few minutes. Lord, as a body and as a congregation, we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let us see. Please open our eyes. Please open our hearts. Please open our ears, Lord. And if there's anything standing in your way, Lord, we proclaim, please reveal. Please reveal. Show us your way. Let your kingdom come, Lord, on earth. It is in heaven, Lord.